Hello, and welcome to Maverick Messages. My name is Erin. I'm a freshman at Providence Baptist College. If you're ready to be inspired and to change your life for the better, take a listen. Daniel chapter 3. You know the story? These men were uh, taken from their homes, brought to a place that was foreign to them, given a language that was foreign to them. Their names were changed. Their manhood was cut off. We don't think about that. We don't think about Daniel and Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah being guys that were basically emasculated, told they're no longer allowed to be real men, brought into a place, their names were changed. Instead of Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, we know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We don't think much about what had taken place to bring them to the place of where they were. They'd already faced a lot. Still have died. That's the only thing they had left. Their family wasn't there. Their homeland was ripped from them. They were taken to a different place. But God still got them. And they left them there. When they were told to eat of the portion of the king's meat and the wine which he drank, they decided they were going to defeat Pulse and drink water. And God still provided for them. When Daniel was elevated because of his ability to uh, interpret dreams, he asked for them to also be elevated with him. Back in my college Bible, I wrote down next to one of the things where they went back into the room and they prayed to the God of heaven. And I said, sounds like college roommates to me. But I wonder how many college roommates determined together are going to stand together. They're going to be faithful together. They're going to continue to serve God no matter what the circumstance or situation is going to be. And regardless of what ends up in our lives, we're going to serve God. Wouldn't it be great if some of you Bible college roommates would just say, hey, no sin in this room. No messing around around here. Parents don't know. Staff don't know. But God knows. And we find that Nebuchadnezzar, the king, he's the really the king of, of an empire. He's above a lot of things, and he actually knows who they are. This is somebody that they probably never should have met on a personal basis, but because of Daniel and his influence, these men were known, and Nebuchadnezzar had placed them in a position of trust. And he's bringing the people together that are in leadership, and he's wanting them to show solidarity with him and to be in unity around his idol that he has set up and he's established that he's going to play some music. It's going to be some sort of a rock concert. You know, the psaltery, the cornet, the harp, the satrap, dulcimer, all the different kinds of music, all manner of music, and, and they're going to come together and everybody's going to bow down and worship this idol that he has set up. It's a representation of him and his ability and his strength. And he said, I want you all to bow down. And of course... What happened? They didn't. They didn't. He said, you've already taken away our, our family. You've already taken away our homeland. You've taken away our masculinity. You have told us that we can no longer be who we are made to be before God, but you can't take away our God. You pick it up in verse number 8. It says, wherefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. They spake and said to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. They're buttering him up. 
Thou, O king, hast made a decree that every man that shall hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth, that he should be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. They're appealing to his flesh. They're appealing to his pride. Notice this. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now if ye be ready, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made well. But if ye worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, and their hats, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent, and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the fire, and the princes, governors, and captains, and the king's counselors, being gathered together, saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was in hair of their heads singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who hath sent his angel, and delivered his servants that trusted in him, and have changed the king's word, and yielded their bodies, that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree that every people, nation, and language which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made in dunghill, because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Did I mention? Yeah, he's been faithful. And we love him because we've seen him do some great things, but... 
time he lets us go through difficulties. Right now. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able, and he will. But if not. I want to talk a little bit this morning about that if you let us pray. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the hope that we have through it. We thank you that whatsoever things are written for time are written for our learning. That we, through patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. We're so grateful that there is no other God like our God. We're grateful that we are followers of you, that we are believers in you. Who you are and what you do. Lord, I ask that you'd help us to have some but if not moments in our lives that we'll live by. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I love this passage of scripture because it says over and over and over again, then. And then, 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 and we see God working in real time. Aren't you glad that we've got a God who's still God? He, he's still not dead. He's still alive. He still works. And we, we can see him show up in real time. Then Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury. Then they brought these men. Then he said, what are you going to do? And then, then these men were bound. And then they were thrown in the burning fiery furnace. And then they were walking loose in the midst of the fire. And then Nebuchadnezzar saw them and said, my goodness, what happened? Then we throw three men bound. There's four men walking loose. Then he brought them forth. And then the people that, that were there standing by saw these men and smelled these men and said, there's no way. These guys weren't even in the fire. Then he said, I'm going to stand up for their God, and anybody that says anything about their God is going to be, be thrown into the fiery furnace too. They're, they're going to have their houses cut and, and, and made a dunghill because there's no other God that can deliver after this sin. He said, hey, then I couldn't believe my eyes, and then I saw God work. You know, we never see God work until a very moment. When is God going to show up? It's a then moment, and we may never experience some of the things that God can do in our life until we get to a place where we say, oh, but if not. Do you remember Naaman came over because he heard of the man of God from the little slave girl that worked for his wife? He was a powerful man. He was a, a man of means, a, a man of, of, of war. He was an honorable man, but he was a leprous man. And the little girl that worked for his wife said, oh, that my master could meet the man of God. And he could experience uh, his leprosy taken away. And so he said, well, that sounds great. So he goes to the king of Israel, and he walks up to him and says, I'm here. Heal me. <laughs> of course, the king rinses his clothes and says, who do you think I am, God? He said, I think you're looking for the uh, prophet. So he goes to see Elisha, remember? And Elisha tells him, well, yeah, go dip in the Jordan River seven times, and your flesh will be returned like a baby. Of course, he got mad, and he said, uh, why would I do that? They've got better rivers in Syria. And his men said, why are you mad, Naaman? If he would have told you to pay some sort of sum of money, you would have done it. If he just told you to do some great thing, you would have done it. All he asked you to do is go dip in the Jordan River seven times, and, he, you know, he, he didn't do it once, and, and it happened. He had to do it seven times. Keep going down and getting back up and had to continue to humble himself and say, okay, God, I'll let you be God. And by the time he came to the seventh time, what happened? His, his skin was 
clean and there was no leprosy left and well, he was excited. He went to Elisha and said, I want to pay you now. Elisha said, I don't know any money. It's not about me. It's God's power, not mine. Of course, his servant then took it and got the leprosy. But you remember what he said when he was leaving? He said, uh, when I go back and I have to go with my master into his idol house, I'm going to bow down, but I won't be bowing down to his idol. I'll be bowing down to God. Well, we look at these guys and we say, what was the big deal? They could have just been bowing down to their God and even though they were with everybody else, they could have preserved themselves and kept themselves out of the fire. And they could have just bowed down and said, in my heart, in my mind, God knows. He knows my thoughts. He knows my heart. All I'm going to do is I'm going to bow down and serve my God, even though I'm with all these other people. But it's going to keep me out of the burning fire furnace. And so many of us make compromises like that in our lives. And we say, well, I'm not truly bowing down to the world, the flesh, and the devil. I'm just bowing down alongside of them, but I'm bowing down to my God. Daniel, when he knew the decree was made that he could not pray to any other king but Darius, he, he, he still went into his chambers, and instead of keeping his chambers closed, he opened up the window, and he showed everybody, I'm going to do what God's called me to do because I'm not ashamed of God. Here are three men who have been commanded by, by the king to do what everybody else is doing, which is bow down to this idol, show your solidarity with me, show unity uh, in the leadership, make sure that you are, are showing forth to all the inhabitants of the land that we are on the same page, that everybody's following Nebuchadnezzar. All you have to do is bow down, everything's great. If you don't bow down, then there's punishment that's going to come. And they could have said, well, in my heart of hearts, God knows my heart, I'm just going to bow down, but he'll know I'm willing to bow down. find Nebuchadnezzar getting mad and seeing God for the first time, but he would have never seen God if they had not stood. How many people around us will never see God if we do not have a but if not moment? How many people around us will never experience a, a recognition of who God is and what God can do if we say, I'm just going to capitulate to the world, the flesh, and the devil. Some things aren't worth fighting about. I'm telling you, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But we do wrestle against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of the world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We are, 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 are here to make a difference, to not fit in, to stand out, to not bow down, to stand up, to not yield ourselves to the, the king's commandments and the decrees of this world and those around us who would want us to fit in. Why do they want us to fit in? Because they don't want to feel bad. <laughs> Why is it that the world, you know, there's a guy that, that I know, and, 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 and now he's going away from the King James, and so he's making a big, bold statement about it. So I just said, okay, it's not like actions are matters enough. And I got other people attacking me. You know, that's what they do. They get online, there's little minions, and they attack each other. Anybody that wants to stand will be attacked. You want to fit in? No big deal, man. You want to, you want to have 16 different versions on yourself and use all of them? Nobody cares. They'll all back back behind you and slap you on the back and say, man, you're a good man of God. But if you stand up and say, no, I'm going to stand for the King James. Oh, you're King James Oldyism, and boy, that's, a, that's, that's just, that's not hushing, and, and you're, you're worshiping a book instead of God, and you're worshiping 400 years ago instead of the truth of the Bible. Listen, we'll never see God show himself strong if we don't maintain Then, 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 then. What happened? In real time, God shows up. One bullet point at a time. 
then I did this and God did this. You know, one of the, one of the things of, of Bible study and interpretation is, is the words if then. If, God says, then. If, then. If, then. And we see it all throughout Scripture. As you go through the Bible, I'm telling you, word studies will help you to understand God's word better. If you see the word if, circle it, because pretty soon after you're going to find a then. If, then. God says, hey, if you want to bow down, then I won't do anything. I'm not going to show up. I won't, I won't make a difference in your life. But if you'll stand, then I will show myself strong on your behalf. If you decide that you're going to serve me, then, then I'll show myself strong, and you'll, you'll accomplish great and mighty things for the, for the cause of Christ. But we make those determinations. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able. And he will. We have confidence. But if not, I think we need to live in a recognition that they pretty much knew they were going to the burning fire. take our life, but you can't take our soul. You can destroy my body, but you can't destroy what I have coming to me in eternity. But so many of us are, are, are for so much self-preservation of our current status, our current state of living in this life. We like this life sometimes a lot more than we like the next. And it shows in the things that we do. The way that we spend our money, the way that we uh, purpose our time, the way that we invest our lives, we take thought for tomorrow instead of taking no thought for now. We invest ourselves in what's going to happen down the road rather than living all out for God today. And there's so many times in our life we don't live in the but if not. But I think that's where a Christian would live. They said this to Nebuchadnezzar, we can't change what you're going to do if, if it be so. I can't change this world around me of what it's going to do. I know that God has a timeline of what is, is, is established. He knows how it's going to end from the beginning thereof. He already was the land slain from the foundation of the world before he ever came in the flesh and, and died on the cross. He was already in eternity the Savior. But in the fullness of time, God sent forth the Son, made of woman, and walked redeemed and willing into that. And God does things allows us to go through things that we sometimes don't understand because he's proving himself to us. Brother Todd was preaching about that man uh, was it last week, the man that was born blind. And how long had he been blind? He'd been blind from birth. His parents had asked when he was age, here's a man, a grown adult man that's been blind his whole life. And the disciples say, why was he born blind? Because of his sin or his parents' sin? And Jesus said, no, it's sin. Lack of growth. Think about that. God might allow you to go through something for an extended period of time 15, 20, 30 years. You might say, I don't even understand why. But it's for God to be glorified in your life. God says, I want Nebuchadnezzar to see me. Nebuchadnezzar's known of me, he's 
experienced some of the goodness from me with Daniel. He has had his dream interpreted. He has said great things about me before, and I can't believe that there's a God that can actually interpret dreams. But right after that, just beyond that, he says again, hey, I'm the only one that's worth worshiping, and who's that God that's going to save you? And sometimes we get to where we, we have people around us that have maybe experienced or seen some of God before, but they've not experienced him lately. And God might allow us to go through some things so that they can see God. Why does God just sometimes do that? Is it for Lazarus' sake? Or was it for the people around him? Because Mary needed to know that Jesus could raise Lazarus from the dead. Martha needed to know that Jesus could raise Lazarus the people that saw Jesus weep over their unbelief needed to see Jesus raising from the dead. Why did Lazarus die? Not for Lazarus. For the benefit of others around him. And why do we sometimes have to go through difficulties? Not for us. Maybe, maybe we won't really gain anything out of it. And they did. They, they got promoted in, in the kingdom. But maybe we won't really see something happen to us but others will see something happen through us. But it's not. He said, who's that God that's going to deliver you out of my hands? Well, that God is our God. They said, our God and we serve is able. <laughs> don't, 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 uh, don't pump yourself up, Nebuchadnezzar, and think that you're better than our God. By the way, Nebuchadnezzar found out later he was not better than their God, right? Lived as a beast. You know, his, 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 his nails grew out like claws. He, he, he ate like, like an animal. And later on he said, and now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven. All whose works are truth and his ways judgment. And those who walk in pride, he's able to abase. Nebuchadnezzar was hard-headed. Nebuchadnezzar didn't get this all right away. And the world around us is very hard-headed. We walk by faith and not by sight, but a lot of people are walking by sight and they don't have any faith. And that's why we must live our lives by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. We must live life by faith. What happened to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, their names that represented their God, right? He kept calling them by those names that represented his God, but they kept living by the names that represented their God. And we live in a world that is trying to rebrand us and re-identify us and trying to make us out to be something else that we're not supposed to be. We ought to establish our identity as gods and gods alone. And you can try to emasculate me and you can try to destroy me and you can try to change my name and you can try to, try to move me from what I am to what you want me to be. But you can never change the truth of who God is. And then and then and then and then and then we're going to see God working in real time got to be some but if not moments what happens when we come to these places when we're faced with a certain circumstance or a situation that we're not sure what God's going to do and we don't even have confidence that he's going to deliver us out of it I don't think that they had confidence that they were going to walk out of that fire I don't think that they had confidence that they were not going to go in the fire in the first place I think that they knew what was going to happen initially and that they thought that was going to be it but they were going to be in eternity with God Maybe I'm wrong. God is able, and he'll deliver us out of your hand. But if not. Sometimes we face some things in this life, we pretty much think they're inevitable. And they probably are. And God may not bail us out. 
you know, that whole, I'm going to go rack up a bunch of debt because God's going to come back and I'm not going to have to pay it. Stupid. Stupid. How many people have done that before? Oh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to live for eternity. You're not living for eternity. You're living for yourself today. They weren't doing that. They were serving graciously, faithfully. They were diligent. They were doing the things that were instructed of them until it came to their God. And then they said, no more. It does us no good to live in the world and be jerks. It does us no good to go out here and always try to pick a fight. But when they come against our God, it's time to stand up. But if not, what's going to happen in the but if not moments of your life? We need to make these determinations. But if not, number one, we're still going to serve him. We're still going to serve him. So God doesn't bail me out of my problems and people around me persecute me. Think about the people that were taken to the stake. Standing for the truth of the gospel. The Bible says even taking them in the womb of God. Their children were being ripped from their homes. Husbands and wives were losing their lives. Trying to stop the word of God. People are being taken to a stake. Tied to it. Fire lit. Tied up. And they were still proclaiming Jesus at that time. They're cutting the tongue out of their mouth. And they're still doing everything they can to point people to Jesus. We have so much freedom and liberty in the United States. We don't even know what it's like in the rest of the world. We don't know what it was like in time past even in what would be considered free countries. We have not faced much persecution. So why is it that this generation seems to be more capitulating to the world, the question of the devil, than maybe any other generation of Christians? Because good times make for weak men. Weak men lead to bad times. Bad times create good men. Good men lead to good times. Good times lead to weak men, and we just find this whole thing cycling over and over and over again. We find when there's when when times are good, we don't have to stand. It's easy to stand whenever everything is good. But then they're told bad manners. Look what they were supposed to do. We're not like that. We're supposed to serve God. You might throw us in the fire. You might destroy our bodies. You might keep us from being able to live this life which you've already tried to destroy for us in the first place. We won't won't follow you. We're still going to serve God. But if not, we'll still serve him. But if not, secondly, we won't bow down to the world, the flesh, and the devil. We won't continue to do what everybody else around us is going to do. What are they doing? The people that you work with at your job, what are they doing? Living for the weekend? What are they doing on the weekend? Living for self? Why do they go to work? Only to make enough money to get to the next weekend? What are they doing? Living for self? What do they have to live for? Nothing. They have no purpose, no drive, no desire, except a sinful, sexual, nasty pleasure. That's it. It's all that drives this world around us. 
And when we stand up and say, no, there's something more to live for, and I've got a purpose, and I've got a, I've got a Savior to live for, and I want to glorify Him and honor Him, I'm not going to bow down to the world. I'm not going to bow down to my flesh. I'm not going to just follow my sinful pleasure for a season. I'm going to stay at the right hand of God with His pleasures forevermore. You're weird. You're weird. But you need to have those but-if-not moments. Every Christian kid that seems to grow up is, is bombarded with, as soon as you get freedom, you can go do your own thing. And 75 to 80% of them do. Some of you are here for this year, but if you don't keep your head focused on the truth, you're going to be all sideways and you're going to be in the world following I went to college with women for sale because they didn't decide if God doesn't come through for me the way I want him to I'm failing somewhere if God doesn't come through for me the way that I hope that he will and that I'm confident that he does I'm still not right This takes a determination. It takes a consecration. It takes a willingness to say, I'm not going to capitulate. Oh, but you could bow down. Nobody else is ever going to know. Your parents aren't here. Your peers aren't here. Nobody cares. You're the only one that knows. And I'm done. Done. And God still loves me. But if not, if it be so, our God and we serve is able to deliver us in the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of that hand, O king. But if not, be it known to thee, it will not. Will not serve thy gods, will not worship the golden image which thou hast set up. But if not, you need to, we need to get to this point on number three. We still won't doubt. We still won't doubt. So God hasn't come through yet. Is God dead? Is God done? Is God deficient? Is God discouraged? Is he down? Will he ever be able to be defeated? But God sometimes doesn't come through on my time. I look around at people to talk to that have taken over works that other people have started. When you start from nowhere and nobody knows you and You're not sure God's at work. It's sometimes hard to keep going. But there needs to be this point in time in our life where we say, even if God doesn't come through and nobody shows up for church and it feels like soul winning doesn't work and doesn't seem like any of our tracks ever reach anybody that even cares about the Lord, I'm still not going to doubt that the God who called me is the God who sent me. Some of you guys need to go out and start saying. Some of you need to go out and say, okay, it's Jesus and me for each tomorrow. For every heartache, every sorrow, I know that I can depend upon my newfound friend because look at him. It's easy to me. He's not going to fail me. Did I mention that I love him? Yeah, when things are bad, 
into my heart and my life. But it's still the first thing that is in my heart. Should I marry John? He isn't faithful. Yeah. Pastor me now, Lord. Pastor me now. You pastor that nation. When you didn't heal him, what did Job say? I tried to go where I could find him, where I found him in the time past, and I can't find him. I go to his right hand where he works. I go to his left hand. I go to try to find his face, and I can't seem to find him, but he knows where I am. I may not see him, but he sees me. But if not, he knows the way that I take. And when he's guiding me, I know. I'll come forth with gold. You don't come forth with gold until you go through a fire. How are you going to purify gold? How are you going to be made stronger? By spirit. How are you going to be formed into a diamond? It all takes heat and pressure and intense fire. Everybody wants to avoid the fire. That's where God wants to take us. That's when we become malleable. That's when God can turn us into a vessel, into his image. But if not, he said, we're still not going to bow down. God may not. Deliver us out of the fire. If it be so, our God and we serve is able. Don't ever say that God can't show up because that God could. And he will deliver us out of your hand. Maybe by that, but by the by out of your hand. But not by our God. We're not going to doubt his ability. We're not going to doubt his goodness. We're not going to doubt what he wants to do in and through us. Did they think that Nebuchadnezzar was going to see God in the light that he saw him? I don't think so. Did they think that if they said, oh, we're going to stand, and then all the generals and the governors and, the, and, and all the people are going to see what happened to us, and, and they're going to worship God? No, no. All the nation's going to be told that they cannot talk bad about our God from this point forward. They didn't know that. They just knew that they needed to stand, that they didn't need to bow down, they didn't need to doubt God now. There's no need to doubt him now. You tell me that the God who has and the God who will is not the God who can? If he did it before and he'll do it in the future, why won't he do it now? Maybe he won't. That doesn't mean he can't. Who is that God who's able? Oh, they said, oh, oh we're not careful to answer thee in this matter, King. We know the God that's able. We know that God. He's looking at them like, Units. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Your God, the God that couldn't keep you from being captured, the God that couldn't keep Jerusalem from being burned with fire, the walls broken down, the God who didn't keep your form of worship going and keep all your priests alive, the God who allowed your parents to be killed and you to be taken captive, that God? Yeah, that God. Don't count him down. Don't count him out. He's still God. He's still God. He still can. He was. He is. He is to come. The Almighty. The Great I Am. Still.
not going to doubt him. They said, we're still going to serve him. He won't bow down. We still won't doubt his ability and his goodness. And we're still going to stand for him. You don't have to play the music, King. You don't have to give us another chance. Nothing's going to change. You want to start the concert again? Fine. Somebody else might do it, but it ain't, ain't, ain't worth me. I will not listen to your music. It will not drive me down. I will not allow that to be the controlling, deciding factor of my life. I still got that. But if not, we're fine. Still fine. He said, uh, now, if you be ready, that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, but if you worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? They said, we're not careful. You're telling me that the dark ages were good for the church? <laughs> Not really. But you know what? Still triumphant. Still standing. Still going forward. Jesus is still God. His word still stands. His power hasn't diminished. He's still coming back. What does that do for us? Difficulty now. Triumph now. Jesus is in the ground. The devil's celebrating. The Jews are saying, ha, look what happened to him. Make it as sure as you can. Set up a watch. Seal the tomb. Make sure nobody comes and steals him away. But up from the grave. Right? We're talking about a God who can conquer death. He can take somebody out of a fire and the smell hasn't even passed on them. They, they were bound in their coats, their hosing in their hats. They were on a journey, y'all. They were, they were ready to go. They were all dressed and ready to go, just like the children of Israel were dressed and ready to go out of Egypt, going into the promised land. They got everything on. They said, it's time to go. These guys were ready to go. We're going to go see God. We're going to go see Jesus right now. But it wasn't in time. When will we see God show up again? When is then? I don't know. But it won't be the time that I'm bowing down. It won't be the time that I'm capitulating to the world. It won't be the time that I say, okay, king, I'll just get rid of it. That's not when God's going to show up. God shows up when he wants. First, it's difficult. Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. You know, the best and the worst that the king could do had no power over God's servants. It says in verse number 27 of Daniel 3 that upon whose bodies the fire had no power. No power. Why? Because all power is given unto me in heaven and earth, right? Who has all power? God. 
Fire? Boy, that's, that's some pretty intense stuff, but no power of a God. Are we ever going to face the flames? No, no power because of the power of his blood. I'm not going to hell. So you might take my body, but I'm going to fear him. It's going to kill both soul and body in hell. I'm going to fear him rather than fear you. Acts chapter 20. Paul is talking to the elders of the church of Ephesus at Miletus, and he's called them together, and he's told them, look, I don't know what's going to befall me in Jerusalem, save that the Holy Ghost witnesses in every city that I'm going to, I'm going to face these things. Notice what it says in verse number 24. But none of these things move me. But none of these things move me. But if not, not moved. But if I face bonds and afflictions that, that are going to abide me, I'm not moved. I'm standing. I'm still butting in and saying God is bigger, stronger, better, powerful. We have no power of our God. But even if not, it don't move me. I still believe that. I still believe that. I'm still not doubting him now. None of these things move me, neither kind of my life dear to myself, so that I might finish my course with joy. You don't know what God has in your course. But you will never finish if you capitulate and quit and die now. My course should be finished. My course might have to go through the fire. Some through the water, some through the flood. Some through the fire, but all through the blood. Some through great sorrow, but God gives us hope. Listen, I don't know what's going to take place, but I do know this. If I get thrown in the fire, it just might be possible that the Son of God will show up. Three men went in. Three men came out. Where is Jesus? Still there. Still willing. Still very present. Not just ever present, very present. Very present with God's Father. Very present with God's Father. He shows up. Just when I need him most. Just when I need him. Jesus is strong. Bearing my burdens all the day long. For all my sorrow. Giving us song. Just when I need him most. But if not, he may not. And I'm okay with that. Because it's his prerogative. Because he's God. And I'm going to let God be God in my life. And no matter what the circumstance happens, he's still God and he's still there. And then people might see him. By life or by death. What happened to that city church? When they saw Jesus dying, they said, surely. God's going to use my circumstances, my difficulties, my downtrodens to show Nebuchadnezzar, hey, still God. Let's go back to Daniel chapter 3, and I'll, I'll close. I'm going to expect to run past it. 
Look in verse number 26. Let's look at verse 24. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astounded and rose up in haste and spake and said to his counselors, Hey, guys, hey, hey, everybody pay attention. Did not we throw three men bound? You know, when God shows himself strong, more people see it than we ever could have thought. In the midst of fire, they answered and said to the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, pay attention. Behold, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. We're going to see Jesus in doing this after we go through it. Maybe they'll never see Jesus again. Until things are so far out of my control that I can't do anything about it. Except trust God. We are so control freaks. You know why you don't like riding with your friends in the car? Because you can't make it work without them. You know why you don't want to ride with them? Because they didn't turn the way you wanted them to. And they didn't, they didn't pass that person. You're on their timetable instead of yours. We live trying to be in control of our lives, don't we? We all do. Don't you? Man down. Take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink. Your body's more than raiment. We can't do anything else with our life. Well, we can still serve God. Can't go home. Can't hug our parents' necks. Can't see things. Listen, I don't know what's going to happen. Some of you guys are going to become missionaries someday. and People are going to die, and you're not going to be able to go home to your funeral. You're just going to have to say, okay, God, thanks, man. We were too far away to do anything, but to feel so powerless and helpless to say, God, I'm giving you my life. Then you get to a better place. Thank you for joining today's Maverick message. We hope that you found this to be inspiring and life-changing. Thank you for listening. God bless.